0: I don't really know what I believe, and I don't think I care. Because if you have no need, you have no reason to listen to the gospel. A full-time vocational minister. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people who are like more progressively Christian or grew up more progressive, who are able to reconcile some of those things with their faith because they're not taught the world is black or white, and those are your two options christianity is like a jenga tower once you remove the bottom the bottom blocks the whole thing comes crumbling down yeah and like we're never gonna understand an all-powerful deity
1: hello i'm collier and this is the hopefully wandering podcast i'm joined today by my co-host elijah and today is our second in a series of episodes about the Secrets of Hillsong documentary that dropped on uh, Hulu and FX. So who are we? We are two people used to work in the megachurch evangelicalism. We were raised in ministry, we worked in ministry, uh, and then we left. And through a process of deconstruction and ultimately deconversion, um, we became... We began to look at the world in different ways. So now we discuss post-church issues. We discuss drama within the church like today. um, Things like philosophy, pop culture, deep thoughts. uh, Anything related to spirituality and to just navigating life outside of the church. And especially outside of the normal evangelical world that we came to. We talk about a lot of things that we used to not be able to talk about. Uh, and one of those things being church scandals, Elijah. Like how how was it talking about church scandals and falls from grace and um, corruption when you were raised? Like, did, were you allowed to speak openly about that? Was it? Uh, I mean, discouraged.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. really engaged with all of that sort of stuff. Um, to to like the extent that we are now until I was older. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I could talk about it openly, but you grew up in the same environment that I did. And, you know, all of those sort of discussions happening within the evangelical church were like, well, we have to look at um from God's perspective and find the hope of Christ in the middle of it. And I don't know, for me, sometimes I'm just like, I don't think it's that spiritual. I think someone's just a bad person and <laughs> using their po- position to manipulate others. Yeah. I, um, I've been thinking a lot about, cause for the most part, there weren't any, there weren't a lot of sexual abuse scandals. Um, like a Southeast Christian. Now there were a couple that they sweeped under the rug and they don't talk about anymore. Um. yeah it's thanks. hard to find In- them definitely yeah thanks insider <laughs> information <laughs> um, but please feel free to ask about the Southeast Christian Blankenbaker Children's Ministry if anyone's interested <laughs> <laughs> um, most of the like what the scandals and stuff that happen at like the the churches that I've been a part of are affairs mm-hmm. almost always affairs and yeah yeah I think about that And I don't think that the thought process for the person who has the affair is that far different than someone who is doing, like, performing sexual abuse because they're leveraging their position to get what they want. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, I mean, I feel like affairs and abuse is definitely different on most levels, but on a pastoral level especially, it's... um. There's a line there. I mean, most times when there is like a power dynamic and differential, it would be like constituted as abuse and and rape, really, um, depending on like the, you know, the the, the power differentials there, um, like to talk about the uh, last two episodes or the, the first two episodes of um, the Hillsong documentary, Carl uh, Lentz thought that he was not like performing any type of abuse while because he had an affair with the babysitter that's like the 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 pastoral side of it and the like the employment and babysitting side i think there's a big power dynamic there that causes it to be abuse but his relationship with that chick he met in central park that wasn't abuse because it was a it was just like an affair you know that was a relationship but yeah so when you're talking about the church so many of them end up having an abuse element to it which sucks um, and it's awful, but no, I, I get you. Like, I feel like the ones in the church are definitely leveraging their power and their fame, especially at like big churches. You get so famous, you know, and, and whatever corner of the world you're in. Um, even if it's just at your church, if it's at a church as big as the one we were raised in, that's being famous to like twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 people is, is pretty big yeah like I'm, sure. I don't, I'm not not known by that many people that's that's big
0: that you know of at least <laughs> that i Listen, know of. <laughs> we've got that many listens on our podcast what are you talking I know. about maybe
1: they're like playing these episodes on sunday mornings you know you'd never know we could if this is your church, very favorite, let us know <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is
1: sunday for you all
0: <laughs> but yeah um, i i i know i i I understand what you're saying. Yeah, no, the sexual abuse with minors versus an affair with two consenting adults is not the same. I'm just saying that the way that ordained ministers go about it when it's within the mm-hmm. church asserts. Oh this, no, no, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not
1: saying with just okay. with kids. I'm saying like with adults is also abuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. of the power dynamic.
0: But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> it's just really difficult. And I don't want to compare apples to oranges either. Um, And who is it for me to judge which is worse? I'll just let the government do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. But no, I mean, I think I know what you're saying, though, too, about like when we were raised in the church, it seemed like that was most of the things that we um, saw as scandals or most of the things that at least we were allowed to see, like you said, they They swept things under the rug pretty well, but, um, there were like, yeah, affairs or it was like premarital sex, you know, which like that as a, as a scandal, it seems kind of crazy right now to be like, wow, this person's having sex with their loving partner of three years, but they're not married. So therefore
0: we're going to fire them. And that's the worst thing
1: they could do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, I've been thinking about this and I, all of the people who have got fired from our home church growing up, and I i don't mean for this to be an episode talking about Southeast, but just processing this, and I would even apply this to most of these like evangelical churches. They are so much more hesitant to fire someone who has any sort of vice or sin other than, Something that's sex related, like if it's sex related, they're yeah. fired, swept on the wrong, fucking out of mm-hmm. there, you know power abuse, um uh, anger, yeah. poor management, not a, you know all, all this other like toxic leadership is so much the fuse is so much longer,
1: definitely, definitely, and like, yeah, I mean, I think there's a few reasons for that, one being that um our capitalist system in this country rewards narcissistic behavior. Yeah. I mean, that's why most CEOs, like, I've been lucky enough to have pretty good bosses my whole life. Most of my supervisors have been good. Yeah, most super Like, most people, though, have, like, horrible asshole bosses, you know? And, like, the reason is, like, a lot of people just get rewarded for being assholes. Like, the worse of a person you are, the the more that – the more that like our business system will reward you and not, I'm not talking about just like um, our capitalist system. The reason I'm saying that is because the evangelical church is so informed by our capitalist business system, the evangelical megachurch. I mean, that's what Hillsong is. and That's what a lot of megachurch, all megachurches really are businesses first, um, even though they claim not to be. And so, yeah, like if you're a, dickhead narcissist you're gonna get into positions of power usually because you can do more powerful savvy business moves you know it's like you're you're a better businessman that way and um people respect that because they think that being powerful is like what it takes to be in power i guess um which they go into that a lot too in this recent um uh, or this episode that we're focusing on right now, episodes three and four, they talk about Brian a lot, and Brian's like power abuse management style. You know, he's a like a heavy hitter type of guy. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess we didn't like fully announce it. Then we are do- covering episodes three and four today of the Hillsong scandals or the secrets of Hillsong documentary. It's um, a mouthful. They dropped of episode a title. one and two together. It really is the secrets of Hillsong. Is there another subtitle? I don't even know. I feel like all the documentaries have it's like a FX's long title and then the a subtitle secret of
0: Hillsong. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so this is episode 3 and 4 is what we're focusing on today because yeah. In a crazy turn of events, they dropped episode 3 and 4 together and 1 and 2 together, which is kind of strange. Yeah, if you really want like a way.
0: maximum like longevity, one a week. But, you know,
1: yeah, like either, either all at once or one like that's weird to do two and two. that's just I've, unheard of, yeah, I agree, I mean, I guess at least it wasn't one and three, that'd be weird,
0: yeah, that's true, that's true, <laughs> um, so since we were talking about like the power dynamic i I made a few notes, and um, a lot of it has to do with all of this topic, and in case you haven't heard already trigger warning, we're talking about sexual abuse, um and all this sorts of just. Really difficult stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Child sex abuse has always been like an international issue within so many organizations. I mean, one of the big ones that like yeah. was personal for me is Boy Scouts, which yeah. I don't really like the organization anymore to begin with. But when I was 14, <laughs> I was just dragged there. Uh, but, you know, there was, I, it is almost unheard of not to have a case of something happening in an individual troop like, in I every mean, single troop, yeah, and almost every single one, something happens,
1: yep. even the one that met at our church,
0: even the one that met at our church unfortunately, so. um mm. Catholic Church, I mean that one's super obvious, it's always been going on in schools, yeah, but it's weird because it's continued to happen within the evangelical church, but I don't think that such a rally cry behind um keep holding a pastor's account- pastors accountable has you know, really become a trend until relatively recently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some reasons for that. So I remember hearing about the Catholic church. I mean, it's been like a joke, like family guys made fun of it. Yeah, since Like the nine days or whatever. Like it's been a joke for a long time because people have experienced it for a long time with the Catholic church. Um, I think with the evangelical church, like one of the reasons it's not as big of a, um, cohesive thing where, everyone knows about it or everyone's calling for people to be held accountable like they are with the catholic church and have been it's partially because the evangelical church loves to do like the autonomous churches um most of the organizations like even like the southern baptist convention which is a convention um and in a lot of ways operates similarly to like a catholic church type of like hierarchy they still that one of their big tenets is prizing church autonomy and the independence of individual churches so because of that it's really easy for them to throw a church or throw a pastor under the bus you know if one person messes up it's they throw them under the bus and like if they can't sweep it under the rug it's <laughs> either one the rug or the bus whichever uh, works out better in their favor but that way it seems it just appears like it's much more like individual cases. Um, so you hear about a, you know, a pedophile in Texas who got arrested who was a pastor, or like a, an abuse scandal, like a Mark Driscoll um, being abusive and whatever. And you hear about all those, and you're like, oh well, that sucks. That's sad. These are individual pastors and in individual churches, and it sucks that that happened. Never at my church because you feel so disconnected from your church down the road, much less the churches around the nation that all share your like basic hierarchical system where your basic, like uh, that are in your denomination. Whereas with Catholicism, you know, it's like all the parishes report to the archbishop or archdiocese who report to um, the other one, whichever one of those is higher, which report to the Vatican, you know? So it's like, yeah, with that, you know, one pastor, one priest doing something bad, reflects on the Catholic church. And um, yeah, I think you were saying that like, it's been recent that it, uh, that like people are finally having um, or wanting to hold the evangelical church accountable. Yeah. People are just
0: um, now finding a solid platform, I think for being able to share their difficult experiences in a safe space and be taken seriously. Um, so a little mm-hmm. bit of background. If please watch the documentary because you know we're gonna talk a lot about what's going on. But, um, so the re- reason we've talked about this, and we even talked about this in the last Hillsong documentary, Brian Houston, senior pastor of Hillsong, uh, churches, or previous, because he got fired, from a lot of obvious shit. Um, his father, <laughs> yeah. um, repeated pedophile, repeated sexual abuse, and it was covered up for a long time and we talk about mm-hmm. all this power dynamic because at one point there was a a teenager who came forward and was like hey when when i was younger like I, frank abused me and one of the leaders in the church literally punched him in the face and said how dare you accuse our pastor of something like this and i think that's a yeah. lot of the the dynamic of what's going on is these individual churches are focused yeah. on self-preservation because They are always at odds with trying to get members, trying to get money, trying to get power, trying to grow their staff. Whereas like the Catholic church has a monopoly on all those things. The evangelical church is fighting to stay alive individually. And so when something destroys the figurehead, it starts to rattle the whole base of this church.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, Yeah. So, Jumping into episode three, I think that episode three of the Secrets of Hill Song documentary. Um, you'll know, remind me exactly. I think that they've started out focusing on <clears throat> I know it's focused on Brian Houston. Was it on the cover up of his father mostly? Was that episode three?
0: Yeah, it was mostly episode three. Episode four was just kind of wrapping things up of like where they're going in the future. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, episode episode three was mostly about what was going on there, meeting um AHA um like the main um man who came forward to uh partner with the australian um i don't remember what they call it not inquisition something uh, Um, yeah royal commission royal commission yeah 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 Yeah. which dude they're fucking g's i'm just saying they are (laughs) legendary
1: i know i know those (laughs) seem like they try a lot harder i mean they've got their problems too it seems like they try harder than the uh (laughs) <laughs> the people here in this country that's so.
0: so true and i know i know we're getting a very cookie cutter view of it but they were so awesome versus the bullshit marjorie taylor green and <laughs> lauren bobert we got here yeah <laughs> um
1: yeah yeah so i mean if you've listened to our last uh hillsong documentary related series or watched that one then a lot of these allegations aren't really new um I mean that they've been pretty well publicized for a while now about. Um, so Brian knowingly covered up his father's sexual abuse um, while he was like, the head of Hillsong Church. Um, there, there were several people I think that knew about abuse, knew about Frank Houston, the the founder of what was once but um, no one Christian Life Center forward. that became Hillsong. Yeah, so there was cover up on every rung. Uh, one of the things that surprised me was brian admitting that uh his mom knew i didn't know that actually bro Um,
0: oh oh
1: which like to me it's not a big deal i don't know who she is but apparently she was a big figure in that church and so yeah like frank houston the pedophile's wife knew about his stuff knew about his um multiple uh sexual um abuses of minors and she also decided to cover it up so like everyone decided to cover it up lots of hush money payments to victims uh, that would come forward. Um, So all around, just a a lot of scandals like that involving Brian, where he knew about or was the primary person involved in lots of hush payments and lots of cover-ups and lots of stuff like that. Um, And that was before his own thing. Like, what I remember him getting fired for, like, that broke, or what I heard first was about, like, his drunken night with a female congregant where he, like, spent the night in a room with a female staff member while he claims that he took on accident a double uh, prescription of anxiety medication mixed with alcohol that caused him to like black out but this was not the first time that he had had a very similar situation of doing inappropriate things and being drunk and with female staff members
0: they won't Um, say he's had a lot of scandals that one was really weird for me because again, it's really not any of my business what happened, but it felt like they were really hesitant to say, like what that whole situation was over. And again, yeah, I
1: think it's because the trial's still going on, right?
0: Oh, uh, is it? I mean, I didn't know if it was about that one specific.
1: I know his trial's still going, but it, it, that might be more for the um which trial, Collier? I don't even which know fucking which one. Trial. Yeah, because. It might be the unethical money practices. Um, Like, I don't know if it's tax evasion, (laughs) but also using church funds to pay hush money.
0: He's got so many trials. I don't know which one it is. They were talking (laughs) about, like, trying to uh, revoke Hillsong's tax-exempt status.
1: Yeah, dude. I really hope that happens because that would would be a a big nail in the coffin for them. I feel like maybe the individual Hillsong churches, I wouldn't be surprised if they just
0: break off and become their own. Standalone churches—they've already been doing this. I mean, oh, have they? I, I remember watching. I don't remember this dude's name. It's Terry something. He was the—he was the pastor at Hillsong Phoenix, I guess it was. Oh, uh huh. And basically, the way that this church had come about is like it was its own church. Um, who was doing okay? They partner with Hillsong and fall under their authority. Well, when all this shit goes down, they're just like, fuck it we're just going to like secede like the <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking union. <laughs> I mean, like we're peace yeah. out. And the thing is Hillsong was pissed, but there was nothing that they could do about it. Oh, I mean, cause awesome. they're, that's good. Yeah, no, exactly. And some, some interesting statistics like about Hillsong and like a, to keep in mind about their like people numbers and their money numbers is that again, first of all, most of their money comes from their, um, worship ministry, and like speaking engagements mm-hmm. and conferences. A lot of churches that I know of, you know, their tithing is their main form of financial gain. However, yeah. f- back in the day, I don't know what the percentage is now because things have been fucking crazy. Before COVID, over fifty percent of Hillsong's weekly congregants. We're in transition between churches, oh wow, so yeah. not even fifty per cent over less than fifty percent of the people who were attending weekly weren't members and were identified as, hey, I stopped going to this church, I'm looking for mm-hmm. a new church, and I'm just gonna go here for a few weeks,
1: yeah, so you you can't really count on their tithes as much then um, but yeah, I mean, like uh they're uh. Huge tours that they do, and and people booking them to play events, you know, is uh, is one way that they rack in the money. Yeah, especially they're... given how much like that costs versus how much we talked about in the last episode, how much uh, or how little the people playing are paid. <laughs> like how the uh, I know the guitarists, the pianists, and stuff there, like the, the the musicians on the band are paid like next so to nothing, like the bare minimum little. they possibly can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a, uh, I mean, yeah, touring is obviously lucrative. That's why concert, that's why musicians do it. So Hillsong's doing that and not paying their staff. So yeah, they right.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, they were, their main source of income was as like a recording label, like entertainment. But because of them originally being like a church, it's almost like they get to draw in Uh, Taylor Swift level money from, all the covers and concerts and tours without. I'm sure they sell merch, right? Like they've got to. Well, the big thing, if you think about it, Collier is the CCLI licensing.
1: Oh, good Lord. Every church plays Hillsong and every church has to, well, every church that's like more than 50 people has to um, (laughs) pay for licensing to play those songs. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: that is a lot of money that's where i I, i'm Mm. serious i think that is where most of the money comes from
1: that makes sense yeah yeah the licensing thing would be huge but that's like
0: a recording label Um, thing it's not yeah it's not even a church ministry really
1: no definitely definitely yeah it's not so um yeah no so yeah so hillsong i mean obviously had tons and tons of scandals um we're involving Brian, but also involving I mean most of the pastors, involving just abusive systems, abusive people in power I, on uh, across worldwide campuses. Um, so, I don't know. Safe to say they're not good. I think that one thing this doc, again, doesn't really touch on is that it's not a, like, Hillsong-specific issue. They don't really touch on, like... The possibility that other churches have these issues i think um and so yeah i think that that's one thing where this documentary is definitely lacking and i, I think that of course it was focused on hillsong it was like expanded from an expose on carl Lentz to like this documentary about all of hillsong in general um but still yeah they uh I don't know. It's it's interesting to take the the the, the way that they spun this and the way that they did it. Um, we'll I s- well, we'll talk about their handling of Carl Lentz in a little bit. But <laughs> what else did you want to like before we go into that? Because that'll be a place we have a lot of thoughts. Um, what else did you want to like point out from the doc or any either new revelations or other thoughts about like the uh, the rest of it, the the scandals part and the Brian part.
0: I mean, that was everything from episode three. Uh, episode four was pretty much just like moving forward with all of the loose ends and all the characters. I mean, I say characters, but mm-hmm. people. <laughs> um, yeah. And the reason I think it focuses so much around Carl is because of how much like the other people, the pastors of Hillsong Boston who made the accusations of, as Carl's a babysitter, um, mm-hmm. the Houston family, and all these people like they declined to comment. They didn't want to talk about this. Yeah. Carl was super yeah. upfront, and the only other people who I think we could talk about is maybe the uh, Hillsong uh, Ministry College students.
1: Oh yeah, uh-huh.
0: I mean I, I don't know if you heard, most of them are atheists now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was really interesting. It was. I'll have to go back and like watch it again. I was I was watching it today at work a little bit and um I was noticing like the the like music behind the stories and they didn't put bad music, I mean, behind the atheist. I think it was still somewhat uplifting music. But like it was I agree. It seemed like the, the, the music I think turned much more uplifting during the uh like when talking about carl's family moving forward and when talking about let's like, talk
0: about that i want to get about, into about it.
1: about being christian <laughs> you know I, I don't know it was it definitely had like a, a vibe that they were very very much in favor of people being christian and stuff because like every time someone said i'm still a christian like i have my faith i feel like the music turned much more uplifting and was much more like heartfelt heartwarming music than the other atheist ones that were like i'm atheist now like, like the, it wasn't bad music for them but it was like the standard music and then I don't know it just seemed to be more uplifting <laughs> but especially for Carl's when I noticed that the most is like the most uplifting the most like peaceful happy moving forward music was with the Lentz family which was a very interesting way to like land this whole thing after you're talking about uh Hillsong abuse the the fact that they landed the dock by basically saying look at Carl and the Lentz family they're
0: great <laughs> they're great and forgive them for everything and move on (laughs) tell me how you really feel collier how did you feel with how they ended this shit (laughs) i'm okay let's recap what happened here's the thing too i was
1: i can almost buy carl's story and again this i said this in the first episode if he wasn't fucking jumping right back into being a pastor in the same exact type of church i
0: know um
1: like that—that's not all of it. Like I, that there's more because I don't trust him with like all the other allegations that he didn't comment on and that he denied of abuse and of narcissism and like like some of the the horrible leadership practices he had. Like he does—he seemed to think that his only problem was having an affair. Um, which again, the one affair that had a power dynamic differential, he thinks was not at all a uh, wasn't a big deal that it was a power differential. It was just a consensual affair. So he's not even like fully repentant for those. Um, but he thinks the only thing he did wrong is cheat on his wife, you know, when like he was accused of being horrible, accused of being like the worst boss in the world, basically, you know, he's not going to own up to those. Um, but I mean, I feel for him, you know, like I, I do feel for him like with, I think he's telling the truth about being molested as a child and that messing up his development. And I get that he was thrust into the spotlight at a developmental age of like 19 or whatever, you know, he was, he was young when he got that responsibility. Sure but i don't know there's a difference between like understanding some of why some, some of why a person's actions are the way that they are and like excusing them i don't think it excuses his actions that he was uh that he had a traumatic childhood you know that he had that horrible situation happen to him that that's kind of an explanation yeah but it's not an excuse
0: you can and, sympathize feel bad for them but yeah it seemed
1: like he used that as as an excuse though i forget the exact line but he basically was saying like he he was like um i did some bad things and it's because of that and he was very smiley when he was like passing off the blame he was like none of the blame is on me the blame is on what happened to me as a kid and sure like I, i get you need to process that but like it seemed like he he went to therapy in order to not take it um responsibility for his actions rather than to <laughs> learn how to take responsibility and again this is clouded for me especially by the fact that he's hopping back into ministry and that he thinks that he's qualified still to be a leader of god and that like it doesn't seem like he questioned any of his beliefs any of his theology he just it seemed to me that he thinks Brian is a bad guy that set him up for failure and that threw him under the bus when it was convenient and for me cuz I got victimized by Brian. You know, that's that's the vibe that he gave to me.
0: I'm a little more mixed on it. I it's just so nuanced because so much of me wants to know what's going on in Carl's head versus yeah. like what's coming out of out of his mouth <laughs> because True. Pro pros cons. Pros, he went to rehab. Okay. I gotta give him that. Yeah. He did yeah. the Bojack Horseman thing, went to rehab, <laughs> tried to get better. Okay. And also mm-hmm. I thought of Bojack Horseman multiple times. Like during <laughs> this whole thing. Um, yeah. One thing I will give him credit for that he said is he's like, hey, like I really do value theology, but even when the- theology agrees with me sometimes if something's wrong, it's just wrong. You know, talking mm-hmm. about um, sexist practice or narcissism being excused. Yeah. Through church leadership. He's like, that's just wrong. And I'm like, I I'm giving him credit for that. But the thing is for me is by the end of the doc, they start to do these, like the whole last 20 minutes is videos of Carl with his family and then poking fun at him having an affair, but still laughing and smiling about it with this really uplifting, hopeful music. And then... Th- those
1: jokes were strange. They were position. weird! Yeah. I mean, which, uh, in a way, I do sympathize it, with it, because I definitely joke about, like... <laughs> I don't know, like, bad things that have happened yeah. as a coping yeah. mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I don't know. It did seem like he was <laughs> making light of the situation, kind of, you know? And... Maybe it's just because he's a pastor that I don't trust him because, like, I just, it's hard for me to trust what comes out of his mouth because I don't know what's an act because he's yeah. so good at putting on that charismatic stage presence, you know?
0: Yeah. No, totally agree with you. And then the worst crime of all, going to work and that leopard print shirt of course <laughs> no dude that was so bad yeah
1: if if that was a real job which that's another conspiracy theory we were talking about yeah. if,
0: that, if that office was even real doesn't even have a real job what atrocity, money. what an atrocious
1: shirt and styling so choice so to go terrible. show up to the office in like a half button <laughs> leopard print button-up t-shirt i know and- was he wearing jorts or jeans? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, skinny so jeans and
0: Jordans. <laughs> shit like that. Oh my God. But I I think that Carl, on the outside, took all the right steps, you know, tried to reconcile with his wife, went to rehab, at least verbally owned up to what he did. But the the issues mm-hmm. going forward, though, are... Hasn't made any type of reconciliation for the people in the congregation he hurt. Only yeah, his family, which is yeah. not inherently selfish, but at the same time is not enough. I don't think. I mean, because of how many people he used and manipulated and got money from, and they—I mean, they were paying a salary. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely, and, del- and del- like I don't know. No, go ahead. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know the exact. Um, details of like all the complaints you know of him when he was in power at hillsong new york i I know there was a lot um especially just hearing from janice lagata yeah. um the hillsong kerfuffle uh, other hillsong like survivor type of instagram pages that have alleged like a lot more abuse you know like of more like leadership abuse like being right, a narcissist right. and like and hurting people in his position of power a lot of people and you're right, he didn't own up to any of that. Like he's not ever gonna acknowledge that, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot there's just a lot of unresolved stuff there. It um they had Mike Cosper on, I think, in like mm-hmm. episode two, talking about like comparisons to like the you know, just the trends of mega churches with the rise and fall of Mars Hill. But you take, for example, yeah. um like Mark Driscoll when Mark left Mars Hill. He just They tried to fuck me over, I'm done, I'm out of there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so, so that, much to that extent, mm-hmm. but it feels like just not gonna acknowledge all the people I've hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the um biggest thing that stuck out to me was in episode four, they did <laughs> this is a game where the music, the background music and soundtrack of the documentary Um, signaled to me what their aim was and what their like sympathies were because they had this whole like emotional heartwarming type of piano music behind Carl trying to make it right with his wife and with his kids and going to rehab and going to a advertising office job that looked like a set that probably wasn't a real job. It looks so Um, fake. (laughs) It's so funny. Like watch that part of the doc. If you don't watch anything else, it's so weird. (laughs) It, It just gives a weird vibe that office he was in. Um, But they were doing that with Carl. And then they were, like, making Brian out to be this, like, um, asshole. Like, they were like, how does he have the audacity to just think that he can go on vacation and that nothing happened? They were, like, painting him as ridiculous and horrible um, and just, like, all that for, um, for what he did, which is he has doubled down on everything he's not repentant he's not apologized to anybody he said all those things were not true like the allegations aren't true um i'm fighting these lawsuits and they're just out to get me he's like i didn't apologize i didn't step down because i was wrong i stepped down because they were after me and i just couldn't continue you know being in ministry when when i had so many like court cases but they're not true um and so the documentary was like um, kind of making fun of Brian for that. They were saying Brian Houston is a narcissistic dick for, um, for doing that. Yet it seemed like about the same thing Carl is doing. You know, just like Carl went, Carl, Carl took one step. He went to rehab, and like he seemed like he was saying some of the right words, I guess. But like you just said, he kind of doesn't acknowledge everything else that he's done, and. Like we've said, he's getting back into ministry and he thinks that he's cleared now. I don't think we've he, said that
0: in this episode, though. Like, he where, went to therapy. When, oh, where, where Carl's getting back into ministry? Oh, at.
1: yeah. He's getting back into ministry at Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma with Pastor Mike Todd. Huge megachurch again. Um, what's what's Mike Todd known
0: for very recently doing the Easter Mike Todd pageant?
1: <laughs> very recently. Oh, I was going to talk about the spit on the face. Oh, what, what, dude, what, that wait, one too. What, which Easter pageant? No. <laughs> I was talking about, there's a, uh, if you look at Mike Todd, um, I don't know, spit on faith. I don't know how you search it. Uh, Mike Todd did a sermon illustration where he was like, I don't even know what he was talking about. Some kind of sin. And I think it was his brother. And I don't know if it was like a spiritual brother or his real brother, but somebody was on stage and to make his point, he like spat a ton of stuff in his hand and smeared it all over this congregant's face uh, to illustrate his point. (laughs) And so that's what I was talking
0: about. Wait, what was the Easter pageant one? Well, I mean, I guess that this is maybe a little facetious of me, but like... Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, just... Go ahead, sorry. They put on... The wildest Nicki Minaj concert <laughs> instead of an Easter pageant you've ever seen in your yeah. entire. Just, just look up clips of 2023 <laughs> Easter pageant transformation church, and I mean, I, you went and saw Taylor Swift a uh, few weeks ago. I think this show mm. looked like it had better production than even fucking Eras Tour. <laughs>
1: It, man, it looked like it had, yeah, some of the biggest, I mean, lights especially. Yeah, the light show was, like, insane. And it was, like, closed, I mean, their huge sanctuary. Massive. Uh, yeah. Was there fire? I forget. Was there, like, yeah, fire pillars? Yeah, yeah, pillars? Pyrotechnics, yeah.
0: Pyrotechnics, <laughs> fireworks, lights, all this stuff. Um, fashion... That was just not like good looking, but fashion to flex. I mean, they had um, the—I don't know if Mm -hmm. you know about them—the mischief big red boots. Yeah, yeah, big red boots. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Oh, that was so weird. So Carl (laughs) took a job working for that church, and he's like, "It's not. It's not. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. But I'm on staff there as a pastor." (laughs) And I'm like, "Did you learn nothing?"
1: I'm like, that's almost worse because, like, if you're in a pastoral role that's, like, providing care when you're that type of person, I- I'd rather you be preaching because I would a too! <laughs> he's, he's a good speaker. He's a bad person,
0: but he's a good speaker. Yeah. So, instead, <laughs> they just made him, like, the executive pastor, which is the thing <laughs> that he didn't apologize for doing, like, his, his like, yeah. in-staff shit. Oh, yeah. my
1: God. Oh. Yeah, no, so... That's, yeah, that, that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm, like, still, like, fuck Carlin's. I mean, like, the documentary tried his hardest to make me feel bad for him. But why? And, and I do, I sympathize a little bit, and, and I I get it, and, like, um... But... It's like, he's, it's like he did the bare minimum of, of trying to, like, keep his family together, which... If... If the theology and culture that they were from didn't see divorce as the worst thing in the world and preached about reconciliation like laura would have been out of there laura should be out of there and like i mean it's not my place to tell like i don't know survivors of like uh stuff like that of of people who um well i mean i don't know if it was domestic abuse but it was just it was just um affairs it's not my place to tell somebody when to leave their husband but I think if they they weren't raised in that culture, she would have been gone, you know? Like, why else would you stay with him after all of that? Yeah, but after
0: all of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, after multiple, multiple times and lots of stuff. And, like, sure, like, I'm glad he's working on his family, but, like, you should do that, man. Stick in your fake advertising job and work on your family. Don't try to come back to the limelight. Don't try to be a person that leads other people. Like, his rehab speech was just giving me, like, I mean, I guess it was pastor vibes, but it was. It's like the person that, the, the pastor that, that like did one thing wrong and then makes a half hearted apology and then thinks that he is then able to like direct everybody else. Um, right. I don't know. I just hated, I hated the way he talked about it because it seemed like he thought since he went to rehab and since he had gotten anxiety medication that therefore he was qualified now to lead everyone else again. And he is in a position where he can be a great leader because he did a short stint in rehab, you know?
0: I don't know, man, about this like documentarian, because like she, she's not religious. She's, I think atheist. I think she's Australian. Um, mm-hmm. did this whole thing is like trying to like see the social experiment, but I felt like, She was trying. There were two
1: of them, right? There was the FX or the Vanity Fair person and the FX person, right? Or the.
0: The documentarian lady wasn't in the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. The blonde lady. She was the one, like, asking the questions in the interviews. Mm -hmm. But she, like.
1: Alex French was the other. He was the reporter. Yeah.
0: He wasn't, like. Yeah. And I. But I just felt like the lady, I don't remember her name, Mm -hmm. like wanted me to feel bad for carl and i don't want to yeah
1: (laughs) yeah no they were trying to push it so hard like i said the music the the like yeah those family dinner scenes and the dramatic shots of carl on a beach or in a lawn chair um just like sitting out and gazing thoughtfully and like it really did seem like that and i yeah i don't know why like you said she doesn't seem to be like a christian or part of hillsong I don't know. I mean, I love a good like story of redemption and restoration, but like that's not what this was, and it seemed like that's what she was trying to make it out to be.
0: Yeah. At least, I think most viewers will be able to see through that. So like, I would still recommend someone watch the doc if they haven't, because yeah. if you are yeah. any amount of socially aware and you have any experience with pastors, you will see through this veil you'll see it mm-hmm. and the we we've been talking about the music the whole time that's the same shit they do during communion <laughs> yeah yeah it is
1: definitely try to get you yeah. to feel a
0: certain way kind of fitting it,
1: it it is yeah yeah i know that's it's interesting because i feel like the documentary is probably made for like the intended audience is probably for the um for the not religious or for the nominally religious. The the kind of the people who aren't like very invested in the church, uh in, in the megachurch, but like have a knowledge and, and recognize like the effects on their life of the church, stuff like that. Is is who I feel like the intended audience was from.
0: Yeah, I agree and, with that um, completely. Especially from Vanity Fair because they're not yeah they're not the Gospel Coalition.
1: Yeah, so I don't think they were trying to make it for Christians, but the, which that's what's even more interesting is like they for someone who's not uh well acquainted with like pastor speak and with with the charisma of pastors and stuff, like they would probably fall for Carl Carl stuff. You I know have would, a definitely. valid
0: point if they've not lived through that. They could be duped just as easily. Yeah, by this if they didn't know anything
1: else about Carl either. Yeah, so that's why I'm just confused on why they try to do that. I guess. Like, I mean, so it seems like the documentarian probably took his side completely and fully believed everything about him. Which, again, if she's not <clears throat> as familiar with the church, if, if she is, like, if she didn't wasn't raised in church or if she didn't like have a lot of experience, maybe she did fall for it. You know, maybe it was like a a thing where. They were discussing Hillsong, and since Carl was willing to shit on Hillsong, they were they completely took a side, and they were like, "Okay, I believe this guy because he's talking about the horrible things of Hillsong, but he's kept his faith and he's done all this work." Like, if you have no experience and no knowledge of that of that type of like environments of pastors doing something wrong and then getting elevated back into ministry and not changing, like Matt Chandler, fuck, we need to do it. A whole series on, like, all the pastor scandals, <laughs> man. The pastor
0: chronicles.
1: <laughs> but, like, if you don't have that experience, yeah. that Like, if she didn't, then maybe she did take a side for her. Maybe she just took his word and, like, uh, believed everything he said. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that would make the most sense. Yeah. Because I think they're among the people that aren't atheists. Like, the the... The type of agnostic or just kind of nun or the the not caring person that is apathetic towards religion. Yeah, that type of person that wasn't raised in or around the church. Like I'm thinking especially people from like not the Bible belt. If you're raised in a city where the church is somewhat present but not a huge influence and you were never in church, you probably think somewhat favorably of churches and Christianity as a whole. Um, especially in in the U S and in the West and stuff like that, just because it's like been such a dominating power. I mean, before all these, like uh, except for like the laws and stuff like that, the bigoted laws, but like, you know, I feel like a lot of people give a lot of grace to Christians just in general, that they, they just, if they are apathetic, they haven't raised, been raised with it. They just assume that church and Christianity is like usually pretty good. And they're like good people wanting to do good things. And this isn't me saying that the average Christian isn't that way, but I think that that, I I feel like that type of person would very easily take the side of a person like Carl Lentz, who is willing to talk about the bad stuff that his old church did, but the good stuff that God does and the great stuff that he's going to do now because he's redeemed.
0: I don't have a whole lot of other thoughts because (laughs) I feel like, we've hashed this out already. And I'm a little bit disappointed by the ending.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I made that comparison to how they treated Brian versus how they treated Carl. And that, that's solely to talk about like the, the sympathy treatment of Carl because Brian, like is (laughs) it is, it's like Trump levels of denial and narcissism and manipulation. Like he's, Literally just being up there saying, oh, "I did nothing wrong. I'm gonna fight these charges and defend them."
0: Yeah, yeah I'm gonna <laughs> fight these charges and defend them. Or die. I will defend them with all my power. <laughs> it's just, I you know, a couple superficial things. He's got such a like deep voice. I don't know. It's so it's obnoxious to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, he reminds me. It reminds me of like, not exactly. Uh, bruce from finding nemo but something like that because like his (laughs) uh, (laughs) superficial as well his his head kind of looks like a shark too like he's kind of a sharkish person like his big (laughs) bullish person and like that mixed with that like that low like kind of very it's not even gravelly it's like a very like just i don't know it's almost like like nasally but in a low way you know like, like well well my fault i didn't do that like it's just annoying and it reminds me of like bruce or (laughs) it reminds me of a bully australian shark
0: from (laughs) finding nemo (laughs) okay another thing i noticed again super superficial watching the the eras of brian houston's hairstyle and facial (laughs) hairstyle was so funny (laughs) because i do appreciate the mustache in like the 80s oh my god
1: oh yeah that was
0: so rough
1: (laughs) yes yes no definitely um (laughs) yeah i i think that the documentary the documentation did do a good job of like talking about all of his scandals and like showing a pretty clear picture of when he knew about the frank houston stuff his father then he rebranded as Hillsong. Like he changed the church brand and started saying, Oh no, Frank abused abuse people at Christian life center, not at Hillsong.
0: Was that the, was the one same in New church? Zealand?
1: Just a rebrand. No, no, it was, it was the same church. It was just, um, Frank Houston was the pastor of Christian life center. And then what they were saying was Brian did a rebrand. It's the same exact place. Then he just called it Hillsong and started reshaping the public image of that church. um, so then he pretended that Frank's church was a completely separate church to be like, "Oh yeah, that church had problems, but Hillsong's a different church." God. <laughs> it is the same thing.
0: Um but fucking ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Uh the oh, the other thing funny that the doc did, they kind of did read him for filth when they uh they were making comparisons to him and Carl and they were like, "Carl's a charismatic guy. Brian sucks at speaking." <laughs> he
0: does.
1: <laughs> Cuz I forget which episode it was in, maybe three. They were like, they were like, when Brian was faced with these issues and when he was trying to come back, he doesn't have the charisma of someone like Carl. And when you're in the, and like the power dynamic just doesn't, like the, the or the powerful force doesn't work when you're trying to garner sympathy
0: like this. Yeah. No Riz there, buddy.
1: <laughs> cause yeah, cause he doesn't. And, and, and they were true. Like his only thing going for him was fear and was he was a powerful person, you know? Um, which i guess works good if you're at the head of a company but like yeah if you're trying to do an apology tour or if you're trying to um like Carl did it excellently for um for people that aren't uh for people that aren't very well acquainted with the evangelical movement like we were talking about yeah. Carl did a pretty good job of making himself come across very sympathetic he's pretty charismatic he's gets emotional easily he like knows the right things to say he seems genuine in his speech and brian just i'm mean, brian's like trump literally it's the same type of person yeah. just a bullish brash uh big like he's a guy that thinks because like he can because he has power that he is powerful and that he like everyone else is going to um bend to his will and like trump when he doesn't have the power he just looks like a fucking idiot and like he can't use crime <laughs> baby power to
0: yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god i wish trump would start tweeting again because i want to start <laughs> reposting that yeah, shit on twitter so, <laughs> so
1: my my hot take that uh that liberals will probably hate is that uh i'm actually so excited for this republican primary because <laughs> i hope i really hope that none of the republicans uh because they're all fucking fascists i hope that they don't I become know. president. But it's going to be so fucking funny, dude. Chris Christie who's hilarious. Um Ron DeSantis and Trump calling him out because he's such a fraud little baby. And then Mike dude, Pence gonna be a... the, the person oh who Trump tried to assassinate.
0: <laughs> Bro, like, it's going to oh be God. a fucking animal house. I mean like a zoo.
1: I hope they have like every debate they can i just want to see i want to see them on
0: stage Like it's so it's gonna be so
1: funny like it's it's horrible and it's sad but it's like we're at that point in the country where you might as well just like you might as well just laugh yeah. at it while you can no you know, it's like, a reality it like an show skin. and i mean obviously vote and like try to like get yeah. change things i'm not saying don't work to change yeah but yeah yeah th- there's nothing you can do about the republican
0: primary just watch it and have fun because <laughs> it's so funny Bro, did you see Lauren Boebert like lied about missing the vote for the debt ceiling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she was, oh, I think you said okay. Me that I said she was okay up yeah. the stairs. Yeah. Oh she my god, is it over yet? Is it? I yeah. I didn't go because I'm trying to you know stand against it, and it was a uh, protest. You, you locked. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh have you seen sorry la, yeah 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 last thing last thing. have you seen
1: <laughs> the uh the jimmy kimmel bit where um where he like went to the streets of new york and asked people if they thought snl was too harsh on lauren bobert lauren bobert no um so it it was a little skit like it's a little bit that um jimmy jimmy kimmel does a lot of like uh on the streets of new york type of things where they'll interview Jimmy on in the street you know yeah yeah like jimmy on the street yeah <laughs> um so he did one recently of Lauren Boebert. He basically, what he did was he went out to interview just random people on the street and <clears throat> he said, hey, look, uh, SNL made fun of Lauren Boebert and their sketch this week. Uh, like, do you watch SNL? They're like, no. And he's like, well, look at the sketch that they did of Lauren Boebert. And then he showed them a real like campaign commercial that Lauren Boebert herself made where <laughs> she sounded like a fucking idiot because like, she's, she's an idiot. And... <laughs> So he showed them the real thing and said, What do you think? Did SNL go too far? Did they make fun of her too much? And like all these people are like, Yeah, you know, I think if Lauren Boebert saw that video, she would think it's really offensive. Like it makes it makes, you know, American politicians look stupid. It's a good bit. Yeah, you should look I, it up. No, you need
0: to send this to me. That's so fucking funny. Yeah, no, I'll find it. I, I'll find it and send it to you. Yeah. Man, I am, um, yeah, we're getting to a different episode <laughs> territory because I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Do we need to like revisit politics in an episode? Damn, I know. Or at we least should, we should like revisit politics. You know, what we should try to
1: do is get like get uh, Brad Onishi from Straight White American Jesus to talk about politics with us. Just see if that can happen. I'm down. I just or we can also do it ourselves, but um, yeah, no. Let's let's too. talk about it with
0: someone because <laughs> it's just. I'm I'm at the point to where I'm started to feel like hopeless in it. And so because I'm hopeless, mm-hmm. I just laugh at it. I'm like that's fucking yeah. ridiculous and I'm just going to laugh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you can do that. You know, I think you can recognize the hopelessness. I mean, it's similar to like absurdism but with yeah, politics. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. And yeah, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to do anything. Like you can still vote, you can still Rally, You can still try to call your congressman. Like you can still do whatever you can to try to make change in your own power and whatever, you know, limited amount of power that we have, uh, which is basically just our voice and our like actions. Um, yeah, You can sure. still do all that and struggle, like, you know, try to fight for people. But you can do that while also recognizing the absurdity and just laughing at it too, because yeah, it's hopeless. <laughs> it's or even if it's not, if it's not, if it's not completely hopeless, it's disparaging. It's it's despair, and <laughs> I feel like comedy is like uh, born in despair. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, anyways, that's um, it for the yeah, Hillsong doc, I guess.
1: <laughs> Hillsong: The Secrets of Hillsong Episodes Three and Four.
0: Are we are we ready it. to close yeah. the book on Hillsong and just be done with them?
1: Oh, I did have a thought during this episode. I, I'm ready to close the book, but one funny oh. part of the book oh. that we didn't mention, which could be fun to possibly do in some way, whether it's a live video or an episode, is watch the Hillsong um, self-documentary. <laughs> I've never seen it. The Hillsong movie they made about just, themselves. I've
0: never seen it either.
1: <laughs>
0: we should do so, that.
1: We should try to do that. Like, and I don't know drink if do like every a live time. watch party or something. Yeah. We should try a watch party. That'd be fun. Even if it's just the two of us hanging out.
0: <laughs> I'm down. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. my god. We'll have to like second. Right, if up you with made people. it this
1: far, dear listener, like let us know if you wanna if you wanna um. Check that out too, because I think that'd be a fun idea.
0: That's funny, and we'll give an update when Brian Houston goes to prison. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure. Did they say the doc that um it was June 2023 was yeah, his uh-huh. trial? Or it's July this 2023? month. This month. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, maybe there will be some
0: some news. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do you have any uh, meteor wrecks?
1: Um, just the uh, uh, shiny happy people. Um, Let's talk
0: about that for
1: just a minute. Just watch that, and that will we will do a full episode on that yeah. for sure with um our special returning guest, our special returning guest, Brooke,
0: Brooke, Brooke Bowling
1: Spears,
0: Brooke Bowling Spears. So I
1: know everyone like. Okay, one thing, Brooke, if you're listening to this, everyone that I've talked to about the podcast, like one of the first episodes they always listen to is Brooks. I think, um I think because it has to do with like queer stuff, people are interested in that. But like we love the game. Yeah, gays. everyone loves that. So Brooke, you do an amazing job. So yeah, we're we're excited to have Brooke back on to talk about um the Duggar IBLP oh. type of documentary. That one's on Prime Video. Um Yeah, it's so good. I like want to watch it again. Honestly, it was. Did you
0: finish it already? Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Taylor and I binged it. We like Uh, we couldn't look away. I still have episodes three and four. Uh, Taylor and I have had a really bad habit of eating our dinner and then playing Fortnite right now. It's really bad, (laughs) dude. Nice. (laughs) That's fun together. Yeah. No, we play together. (laughs) Oh, nice! Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It's a good little tradition. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we actually took a big step in our relationship uh, last week. Um, we now Ooh. share one switch instead of having two separate ones. Wow! I know. Nice, because we each nice. had one that's coming big. into the relationship, and like, hey, babe, mm-hmm. why don't we just share? Just have the separate
1: one? profiles on it. Yeah,
0: separate profiles. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a, a yeah. That's a commitment too, because then like, can't play it at the same
0: time. That's, so that's right. That's a big deal. We've been sharing wow. a bed for a year, but just now started sharing a switch. <laughs> switch is much harder to share. Yeah. <laughs> Selfish people we good, are. Good, good. Oh man. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Well, any uh, media recommendations for you? Uh,
0: I don't know if this is like super uh, deep. It's not like a really uh, deep wreck. Um, but Anderson Pack released a new single called "Daydreaming."
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's pretty. It's, it's pretty banging.
1: Yeah, pretty banging. I know. Is this the first one since the um Silk Sonic album that he's released? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or well,
0: maybe not. Oh, he did I one don't. called
1: "Coast" with Haley Steinfeld in 2022. Oh well, there you go. But, yeah, I think it's the second one since then.
0: But, yeah, okay. It's really good. Oh, and uh, uh, this is a little bit of a meme, but if you haven't listened to Our God is an Awesome God hyper-pop cover by uh, Chester <laughs> Lockhart. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's actually, that's pretty great. Boo, <laughs> our God is an awesome... <laughs> goes
1: hard i mean that song like already had it going for going like hard it did like go do you remember hard. when they would they would do at like southeast yeah i mean i guess it was in the 90s because i wasn't i didn't remember that but back in like probably 2003 or 4 like when i first came to southeast like one of my foundational memories is of them doing um is it the michael w smith version of it whichever version is the yeah. big orchestra that has like the huge hits like the three drum sets of like crazy. the big bangs and all the piano oh was that that's...
0: was that Brian then was Brian there then i think yeah yeah okay yeah
1: yeah definitely <laughs> would have been brian because he sounds like michael w smith
0: he does they, <laughs> they people confuse him <laughs> yeah they do
1: they really do yeah <laughs> oh my god um yeah no that's a good one check that out awesome god hyper pop
0: <laughs> crazy
1: Good. All right. Well, yeah. So second documentary about Hillsong. Kind of disappointing, especially with the ending. It was, yeah. I mean, it would have been better maybe if the other one hadn't come out like two years ago, because most of the, like besides the Carl stuff, we knew kind of all the other scandals already because of that other documentary. Um, The Omega Church Exposed one. Yeah. So... But yeah, I mean, all in all, like, yeah, I mean, it it covered all the scandals pretty well, but treatment of Carl was strange. And oh, also, I was going to mention, they like didn't talk to any of the survivors pretty much hardly at all until like from episode one. They like had a lot of them in episode one, had a lot of like victims kind of of the abuse, like people that were in the college or people that were in staff or or volunteers or whatever. And then they just didn't really talk to them, uh, the rest of the doc, which... Whatever. They just one more Carl screen time, I guess. So, okay. Whatever. So yeah, still watch it though. I mean, sure. Yeah, definitely watch it. And uh, it's entertaining. It's, it's still, it's entertaining. It is good. Also, again, just like they, they detail the scandals in a really cohesive way. I think so. It helps you see all the scandals the Hillsong has had, and they
0: have a lot. <laughs> Go watch Shiny Happy People, though. That's really what you need to watch right now. Definitely
1: watch that. Yeah, let us know your thoughts on that, and we will cover that one soon as well.
0: All right, well, that's it, I
1: guess. Okay. All right, church.
0: All right, church. Have a good one this week. Lift up a shout of praise. Amen.